Hey guys, welcome to day one of your detox. I first want to start off by saying congratulations. You made it to day one, whether you discarded the narcissist or you um, were discarded by the narcissist. Um, it's a huge accomplishment to get to day one. I know that um, when we're contemplating leaving, there's a lot of back and forth of am I the narcissist? Is he or them um, the actor? the narcissist, did I overthink what I was doing? How am I going to survive? What am I going to do? There's just so many emotions that you, you're going through the, during this time that you honestly feel broken. You don't know, you're, you're so lost, you're tossed upside down, you don't know what to do. And then you're trying to hold this together. You're trying to hold it together for your kids. You're trying to hold it together for your family because they've gone through this cycle with you, with this person of breaking up and getting back together. So now you want to prove to them that you're not getting back together with this person again. So you're trying to stay strong for them. Deep down inside, you have your own emotions that you're trying to deal with. And you're trying to tell yourself that you're going to be in a better position. But currently, you know, you're not, you, you do miss the narcissist. And we have to be honest with ourselves on day one, when we are away from the narcissist, we miss them. We, we miss what we had. And that's why we stayed in the situations for so long. And that's why we covered for the narcissist for so long is because we did have true feelings for them when we loved them. And then we have to be honest with ourselves and know that the narcissist never loved us. They, they never cared for us and we were a situationship for them and we were supply for them and either they found better supply and they discarded us or you woke up, you left the narcissist, but they've already had second supply. So now they're going to move that second supply into the main supply and we're hurt because we expected a Hoover and we're just like, so you're not going to fight for me. And I I know for myself when I was going through day one, I had to escape. So once I escaped, I I was kind of like, okay, I can't go back because one, I escaped um, and he thinks I'm in another state. Um, my biggest thing was remaining hidden, even though we were in the same state. Um, but I remember... I had just gotten into my apartment and I was settled in and he texted me and he had said, oh, can you give me And it was in the calmest of ways. Normally we would fight and it would be, you know, cussing me out and calling me out my name and all this crazy stuff. But he sent me like this most calm, sweetest text. And he was like, hey, can you give me a call when you get a chance, please? I'd really appreciate it. Now in my head, I'm just like, okay, we were literally just fighting the day before when you were out of town, you were cussing me out and calling me all kind of names. And now you get home and it's, hey, can you give me a call? And my heart was just like, okay, this is going to be the Hoover. He's going to cry for me. He's going to want me back. And I'm like, be strong, be strong, be strong, girl. You don't want him back. In the back of my mind, I'm like, I want him back. So um, I eventually give him a call back and he, once again, the sweetest, most kindest voice he had. Um, and he was like, hey, I just wanted to let you know that you did leave a few things here. Did you want me to send it to you or um, pack it up and wait for you to come and get it? And 
it, it was like PC things. It was nothing that like I really honestly needed. And, and he knew that as well, but it was his excuse to reach out. And subconsciously, maybe I did leave it for him to reach out for there to be a reason for me to either go back or to reach out. So be very careful of that when you're leaving. I know sometimes for me, I was very lucky that I was able to leave when he was not in town. Um, but sometimes when we're, we're preparing to leave or we're leaving, we subconsciously leave things there because that still gives us an in back into the narcissist life. So, um, we have, you have to do a lot of preparing your mind when you're leaving the narcissist or if you're getting discarded from the narcissist, because you know, when the devalue stage starts, you're, you're preparing for a Hoover when the fights are starting, you know, he's found some other type of supply and, and it's, it's the same cycle that you guys have been in for a while, fight, break up, get back together. So you, you, you kind of feel it coming. Um, but when he reached out to me, um, all these feelings kept playing back in my head because he was so sweet. He was going back into that love bombing phase. And I remember we hung up, we were getting off the phone and he said, okay, well, um, I'll talk to you tomorrow. And in my head, I was just like, no, like what? Like we, we literally, mind you, we're married and we just broke up. You just came back from out of town, probably on a date with someone else. Cause I had seen you doing, making these plans with other women as we were still living together. Um, but just the sweetest person, like nothing had happened and you know, he'll talk to me tomorrow. And I remember I told him, I was like, uh, no. And I kind of giggled when I said it. Cause I was just like, I was so used to hearing his voice and his voice calmed me. I was in an unfamiliar home. I didn't know if I was going to be able to continue to provide for myself. So I was scared and hearing his voice was that familiar sound that kind of just like it, it told me everything was going to be okay. And I, and I can do it. And it's so weird because I knew he was evil. I knew what he was, but I still wanted to be around him. I honestly craved him to chase me at that point. I wanted him to mass call me. I wanted him to mass text me. Um, and these were all things that he did before. So I kind of expected the same this time. I wanted him to be upset that I did pack up everything and I left but I also wanted a Hoover. I wanted him to be like, you know what? I miss you. And I wasn't getting that. So I kind of knew he had enough supply to supply him. Um, I didn't realize that first conversation, I think until the next day, um, how bad my PTSD was. Um, And I think that's something that we really truly have to be aware of uh, as well is developing PTSD when we're leaving these relationships or even when we're in the relationships because narcissists, they, they give us anxiety. They give us all these things. And so when they're removed, you still have those triggers. You have the triggers of if your narcissist was abusive, if you didn't clean up correctly, you, you have the triggers of, you know, watching the shows that they want to watch, doing the things that they want to do. And you're kind of programmed to do that. So when you go against the opposite, you're triggered to that PTSD. For me, 
my trigger came when I had to drive past the house. Um, and I, I had the fear of him seeing me and finding me. Um, I was so scared as to what he would do if he found me, especially since I had to escape again. Um, I was just so afraid of what could happen that it created this anxiety in me of I'm in hiding. I didn't know who I could trust and I'm in a, and I'm in a foreign, um, apartment with a roommate that I don't know. And I'm just like in my head, honestly, guys, <laughs> I honestly thought like my new roommate knew him and that's why she accepted me as a roommate and so I needed to be cautious as to what I was telling her. And I'm telling her lies because I don't know if she knows him. Like, it was crazy. Like, there was no way she knew him. But in my head, I believed it to be so true because for five years, I was dealing with someone who was just creating constant trauma in my life. He was, there was constant triangulation with women there was constant triangulation with his family to the point I didn't, I didn't know what was right, what was wrong anymore. I just knew that I I knew I wasn't happy. I, I mean, that was from the beginning. I know I wasn't happy with him, but slowly when you stay in a traumatic situation, you slowly start to break down um, and you just conform and you change and, and you tell yourself that Maybe it's you. I know for myself on the first day, I didn't cry. So my first day free, I didn't cry. And I was upset with myself for not crying because I felt that I should be super happy for being away. But I was also trying to play superwoman. And I was like, I'm strong. I don't need him. I got this. But deep down in my heart and in my brain, I missed him. And I just wanted to sleep next to the person that I had been sleeping next to for five years. Um, so that first night, it's gonna, it's hard. Your, your mind is going to be everywhere. You're going to only ruminate about the positive things of the relationship. You're not going to remember him or them um, cursing you out. You're not going to remember... Um, the fights. You're not going to remember the cheating. You're not going to remember the lies you had to tell your family. You're not going to remember the disrespect and the devalue, um, them never encouraging you, them only bashing you down, them stealing your money. You're not going to remember that. You're going to remember the time that they called you beautiful or handsome. You're going to remember the time where they got you a gift. Maybe it wasn't the perfect gift, but it was a gift and you were happy. You're going to remember their laugh. You're going to remember their smile. You're going to remember your first date, um, your anniversary. You're going to remember all of those things because the narcissist had moments of good value that you thought, or at least what we think is good value. They had those moments that keep us there. And that's the Hoover and the love bombing phase where they keep getting us to come back in when we're living on a hope and a dream of what they could be. It kind of reminds me of how um, when people say um, when a drug addict has their first high and they're constantly chasing that first high. I feel like it's the exact same thing with a narcissist when you 
finally start to see the red flags and their mass slips, you're constantly chasing that first high of when you first met them and they were just giving you all of this great attention and love and love bombing. You're constantly chasing that person and we will never get that person back Well, because that person wasn't real. That person was a fake uh, representative to woo you into what was a relationship for them. Um, but we're constantly chasing that and you're constantly telling yourself, I know that they could be a good person if I X, Y, and Z. For me, it was, well, maybe I am too harsh. Maybe I need to be a little bit more gentler um, because he's more sensitive and maybe I am too mean. So I, if I was a little bit gentler, we wouldn't fight as much. If I was a little bit more gentler, he would have not cheated. Then it went into okay, well, maybe if I cook and do X, Y, and Z more, he would not do this. And honestly, I could put in any word and it still would be, he's still going to do the same thing. And I, I had to eventually figure that out for myself and I had to, you know, do some soul searching. I really had to talk to the Lord and really figure that out that no matter what I did, this was him as a person, as a narcissist. And I had to accept the fact that he was a narcissist. I think in the beginning, when we figure out what they are, even if you're just discovering what narcissism is, first you're excited because you're like, I knew it was something. I knew I wasn't crazy. Like this, this person couldn't be normal. Um, And then you start to doubt. You're like, well, maybe not. Maybe because, you know, they've all had some type of childhood trauma. You know, they always tell us these sad stories about their childhood and and how they're the underdog to something. So you don't want to believe the person who struggled as a child is this evil being. You want to think it is the childhood trauma, that it can be changed and a narcissist cannot be changed. And I think that's the hardest part to accept is they will never change. And looking at the narcissist that I've dated and looking at the narcissistic people that I have in my family and looking at the age gaps, I realized that they do not change. Um, and it's sad to see the older narcissist in my family and how they'll never be satisfied and they'll continuously have the same cycle. And I knew for myself that I did not want to continue that cycle. I did not want to be a part of something that was unhealthy for the rest of my life and making the excuse for a narcissist that if I did something better, that they wouldn't, it would cause them to treat me better or they would not do something, um, and in actuality, we know <laughs> it's that, that intuition that we always say, you know, we should trust more. We know that no matter what we do, they're going to cheat. They're going to be disrespectful. They're going to devalue us and they're going to have constant other supply. Um, I think once we get that part fully understood, we stand stronger in staying away and going no contact with the narcissist. And and if you can't go no contact, of course, do the gray rock 
and, you know, give them the bare minimum. There's no need for them to take any of your emotions because they no longer hold that power for you. Um, my first night in my diary for day one, um, I kind of wrote that my emotions were everywhere. Um, I was nervous. I was scared. Um, but then I also wrote at the bottom and something that I think is really good is just to write down, obviously things that they had done to me that were negative. And one of the things that I wrote down, I was like, he never loved me. He disrespected me and he called me out of my name. And that was something that was huge for me um, because I always promised myself I would never let a man call me outside my name and disrespect me. Um, And I told him that in the beginning, I was like, you know, you can never you can't call me the B word. I don't accept that. And when he started to call me the B word and I was I kind of let it go at first. You know, I fought it and then I kind of let it go like whatever. It's just a word. Um, But I know now I will never, ever allow a man to disrespect me with that word and stay in a relationship. So day one is hard. Day one and your emotion is everywhere and that is okay. Day one, you still love the narcissist. We have 90 days and we're going to get you guys there. It is okay to have the emotions that you have right now. Just remember that you are stronger than what you believe and you will get through this situation. This is the healthiest way for you to get through is going no contact. Start to block when you're ready. If you can't, if you feel like you can't do it on day one, that is perfectly fine. But start to prepare yourself to block um, phone numbers, social medias, friends, family, um, and really just start to rebuild your life. I hope this episode helped you guys out a little bit. Um, I will be praying for everyone um, that you guys continue to grow and for strength and for clarity and for understanding. I'll see you guys in the next episode.